didn't think he was like Avril Lavigne music video hot. And I was like, that was a choice. Because he's like very generically Southern Gothic hot. I thought we'd have like an emo king. Yeah. And that was just like a normal, regular hot dude I'd see in Silver Lake. Like, (laughs) wasn't what I expected. He's the stand-in and they like forgot to cut in the other scenes. I'm like, ah, fuck it. She really thought that the Snapchat filter face morph would work. She's like, can you just put young yeah. Brendan Mary's face <laughs> on this silhouette. He's not even wearing eyeliner. How do you no, do? Wow. Which is that wrong. Was, and then that ending was like walking on. Me, me, me. Just kidding. Are we recording? Yeah, we are. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> great slash I'm sorry. Insert theme song here. I'm going to do it like slam poetry. <laughs> Hanging out. <laughs> Behind the club on the weekend, <laughs> acting stupid, getting drunk with my best friends. Ooh. I couldn't wait for the summer at the Warp Tour. I remember it's the first time that I saw her there. Thank you. That was my reading. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I just wrote that. Go, 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 go. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> we lost all listeners. With that, welcome to Warp to Remember. That was, in case you didn't know, are you okay? That was The Rock Show by Blink-182. Oh, yes. Lead us in, babe. Welcome to Warp to Remember. I'm Zoe. I'm joined by... Rachel. Rachel. And little Edie, who's having a ball down there. <laughs> and little Edie's providing us with some needed uh, rhythm accompaniment. She's a kitten, not a human. <laughs> we don't just have a woman crawling <laughs> yeah. around. She's not the demon that lives in my bathroom. It's She's not the devil you fell in love with? It's not the devil I fell in That's love That's an Avril Lavigne reference for all y'all who missed that new video that dropped this week. <laughs> She's the monster I fell in love with. Um, anyway, <laughs> besides the point, uh, welcome back. Uh, if you're new to our podcast, welcome for a wild ride. Uh, we are two former emo kids and best friends and we, current. Okay. Current. I guess. It's a lifestyle. Oh my God. It's not a phase. <laughs> How dare I? I have put up the black eyeliner, but the black eyeliner is still on my heart. Yeah. Um, story checks out. Story checks out for real. So, (laughs) we're best friends. We love Warped Tour. We love uh, pop punk and punk and and emo music. And we decided a while ago that we were going to sit down and we were just record uh, our thoughts and feelings about the scene and all the stories that we have from growing up in the scene under the whole context of Warped Tour itself and do some history deep dives. So if you're new, once a month we do a big deep dive on one of the years of the tour. Uh, we are going to get into the 2000s with 2000. The new millennium, the new millennium. baby, coming up in August. Yeah. Get stoked. So we are finally going to turn that corner. Uh, the past couple of weeks we've been talking about Warp Tour 25, which is this weekend in Mountain View, California. Uh, it's July 2019, and we are really excited to go to Warp Tour. So we thought for this final episode before we actually go to the last one of the last shows of Warp Tour ever. It's the last show of the it tour is. this year. Oh my god. And it may be the last Warp Tour of all time. We're yeah. unclear. We're, it's right. It might be long. I mean we know Granddaddy Kevin loves money <laughs> so this might not be it but as of yeah. this recording we're pretty sure this is it. This is, this is kind of it. So uh, we are going to that this weekend and we thought the best way to get y'all revved up for the fact that we are going to go and be really hot and sweaty but 
kind of relive our youth is uh, to talk about the tours that we saw, uh, which is jumping ahead a little bit in our history timeline, but whatever, screw it, who cares? Uh, we're going to talk about the the years that we went. Um, I went a couple years before Rachel. Rachel went a couple different years, which is great. We can kind of talk about some of the stories that were different, what changed, what we really loved. Um, and so that's what we're going to do today. Hell yeah. If you haven't listened to us before, I highly suggest going back and listening to some of our other episodes. Again, we talk about the history of the tour, so if you're really unfamiliar, you can start all the way back in 95. Yeah. Um, we also talk a lot about different songs that we love, so we pull from different years for that. Um, last week, we listened, we watched, really... Um, Insane. <laughs> it was... It was beautiful. Yeah. We watched a really bonkers documentary uh, that chronicled... Warped 98, yes. correct? Correct. The OzFest year. Yeah. I recommend you listen to that episode we did and that you listened to last week's. We watched this insane documentary that showed us straight up, like, the crew, the BMXers, the skateboarders, the bands, the fans, everyone involved in Warped 98, which we were both small children for and did not attend. Right. So we were able to kind of explore that objectively through a documentary Today we're getting real subjective. We're getting in our yeah. fucking feelings and we're talking specifically about our experiences. We've alluded to it this whole pod. I'm really excited to get into it. I'm really excited to share it with our listeners. I think it's just, it's who we are. It's why we're here. It's why we're doing this pod, you know? It's going to be fun. Go. Uh, so before we jump in, you should definitely follow us on our social medias, especially this weekend. We'll be posting lots of stuff from the last, potentially last yeah. episode. Will I show? Instagram live from a Shoreline Amphitheater porta potty? Maybe. Maybe. Who's to say? I mean, yeah, you gotta gotta tune in. So we are at Warped to Remember on Instagram, MySpace, Facebook. Uh, we're on Twitter at Warped Number Two Remember, and we're also you can find us if you're not listening to us on Spotify already. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, and Podbean. So depending on which of those you're listening to us. Yeah. Now. <laughs> so we made a kick-ass master playlist of all the songs we've ever covered on our pod, yes. including honorable mentions. It's really fun and really comprehensive. I'm personally planning on hitting that bitch on shuffle and doing our five-hour drive to the bay. Oh Jamming. Um, if you search a warp to remember on Spotify, our podcast will show up and our master playlist should show up. So give us a follow on both. We'd love yeah. to have more people on there. Absolutely. And hit us up if you're coming to Warped. Yeah. Literally hit us up. This episode's going up the day before. Yes. The actual day. Yeah. So if by some miracle you're listening on July 19th, meet us at Shoreline Amphitheater, baby. We'll yeah. be there. DM us. <laughs> Let us know. We want to meet you in a public place. Yeah, really. With lots of other people around. Exactly. With their clear plastic bags. Yep. That doesn't sound Stadium crazy. rules, baby. It's all about safety. Watch them throw that out the window. I feel like they're going to have to. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. They just implemented it on July 1st, and I'm like, guys. So, what years did we go to work tour? What two years did you go, Rach? 
I went in 2011, and I went again in 2014. I was pretty late to the game in a major way. I went to a lot of concerts when I was a high schooler, and a lot of them were within the scene, but Warped was just, like, a big day out that my parents did not want me, like, Mm -hmm. as a 14-year-old moshing and getting groped understandable if you went when you were 14 and your parents were cool with it more power too if you went when you were 14 your parents weren't cool with it you're cool as heck yeah but i was not that was not really a prerogative that i or my family was with even though i desperately wanted to go when i was 14 um so i went in 2011 i was uh fucking i don't know how old are you i don't know i was born in 1995 right so math i don't know you were in high school. Yeah, I, it was towards the end of high school. I believe I was a junior at that point. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I started 11th grade in fall. So it was the summer between sophomore year and junior year. So I believe I was 16 at the time. Nice. So it was my first warped. Yeah. And then I went back at um, 19 in 2014. And that was when I deemed myself too old for warped work. At Ooh. 19, I'm like, I feel weird being here because it was a lot of like 14 year old just like blackville brides fans i don't know it felt weird um i had a good time we'll get into it but it i was like i'm not through the rest of college there were other warps and i was not tempted to go yeah which was interesting nice but now we're back and i'm very excited to go go. now at 24 (laughs) so um i went so i had a really interesting um time with warped because i had the 2005 compilation cd exclusively and loved it but i actually didn't go until 2006 um so i missed 2005 which i'm kind of salty about because the lineup for 2005 was baller um so i went to in 2006 i was 15 um i like talked my mom into it and went uh with a group of friends um, I went to I went to the Warp Tour in Bonner Springs, Kansas, because I'm originally from Missouri. So the closest tour that ever came to me was Bonner Springs at the I think Verizon Amphitheater that's there. So wow. how long was that commute? Like three hours from my hometown, I think, because it's like two hours from to Columbia to Kansas City, and then like an wow. extra like 45 minutes at least. Yeah, to Bonner. So Springs. did you drive yourself? You were 15. You probably no. couldn't. Yeah. So so your mom had to do that. My mom took myself my at the time my best friends I care Laura and I can't remember if Serena and Allie ended up going with us but there was at least like I think at least Karen Laura and I went um there might have been somebody else a couple other people that went like out of our really close friend group um but yeah we had to like talk our parents into like letting us go my mom uh drove us up we got there pretty much when it started around like 11 or noon and then I think my mom like rented a hotel room for the day and just like sat and like watched movies in the AC uh while we were at work tour and she like let us our parents let us at 15 go hang out at work tour um which I was also like Rachel uh I grew up going to concerts in my hometown and I saw so many bands um every pretty much every weekend in my hometown so it was Warp tour for us really felt like uh, just an extension of that, like a really long mm-hmm. day of what we would usually do on a Friday night. So I think that's why my parents were like, it's fine. You'll be fine. Like there's enough security and like other people around that you'll be fine. I don't know. It was 2006. People were 
I don't know. It wasn't that dodgy. I think no. the main thing that I wasn't allowed to go sooner was I desperately wanted to go in 2009. I was a freshman in high school. I was 14. Nice. And they were like, mm, we don't love that for you. I was also an insane <laughs> kid. And every concert I went to, my dad would drop me off at the venue. And then he'd pick me up at the venue. Yeah. Like, clockwork. Yes. There was yeah. no dilly-dallying. There was no, like, going anywhere but there. So I think the uncontrolled environment of Warped was a lot. And I think maybe I might be full of shit. I think they said if my brother took me, I could go. And my brother was like, fuck you, no. I think. Really? I don't know for sure. And I would not have wanted to take fucking 14-year-old me either. Let's be clear. <laughs> Alex dodged a bullet on that one. Because um, he went to a few of them. He nice. went to a few warp Tours in his day. Nice. But um, I didn't end up going until way later. Yeah. I don't know. I forget why it didn't work out that way. It just didn't. And it wasn't that far from us. It was like, so yeah, I'm from California. I'm from the Bay Area. So we went to Shoreline Amphitheater in Mountain View, California, which is for both of those for 2011 and for 2014. It's approximately like 30 minute drive from where I grew up in San Jose. Um, and as luck and poetic, beautiful destiny would have it, that's where we're going this weekend. For one of the very few 25th anniversary shows this year, one just happened to be at my okay. concert alma mater, so to speak. Oh my god. My sweet, sweet home of Shoreline Amphitheater. So it worked out really well. But yeah, it was like a 30 to 40 minute drive. I think they didn't want to drive me. I think it was a mix of things. <laughs> um, and my, my parents, don't get me wrong, super cool. Shout out to them. They would take me to concerts in freaking San Francisco proper on Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, all the time. And they're like, if your grades don't suck and you you get up in the morning for school, fine. Right. I was like, hell yeah. And yeah. I did every time and it nice. always worked. And they were super cool and very supportive of me and my love of music, my love of the scene. Um, just did warped, you? didn't shake out. Yeah. Warp's a pretty big undertaking. I remember like being a teenager because I in 2006 I would have been 15 um which I think I said but uh that is and I'm sure when I was 15 I was like I am totally cool with this I know exactly what I like need to do Mm -hmm. and I like really run the world because when you're a teenager it's like you're invincible um it's funny now I think I'm gonna have way more like exciting about like the crowds at 28 and be like oh my god my feet hurt and I'm hot and I'm tired but at 15 I was like just this is life this is everything it was so I think it was the first time because again growing up in Missouri and um you know the big music scene in Missouri is is country um and the next that would probably be like rap and hip-hop um so rock and roll to an extent was obviously is still big in Missouri uh but like this, the scene, especially in mid two thousands, like being kind of an emo kid was like definitely a joke. Like people thought you were weird, but it was the first time going to Warp Tour. It was like the first time on a grand scale that I saw hundreds and thousands of people that looked that were wearing the same clothes as I, that you know were had the same vibe. To see, I think especially to see adults um, working at Warp Tour was insane because it was like this is something that people really do for a career. Totally. And not just the bands, but everybody behind a merch table and, you know, working the roadies and just keeping things going. It was like, wow. Selling samplers for their record labels. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is, this is a real opportunity. Um, And that really, I think that really stuck with me more than, honestly, more than the, (laughs) the music of the day. 
Uh, so one of the things we did want to talk about today was our favorite songs from the compilation albums of these years. Um, so I can't remember if I've already said this, but if I, whatever. Um, <laughs> so I had 2005's compilation, mm-hmm. never had 2006, but I only went to 2006. So I'm going to talk about both, but my first choice for my very favorite song off the 2005 Warped Tour compilation is Taxi Driver by Jim Class Heroes. I took Cutie for a ride in my death cab She tipped me with a kiss, I dropped her off at the meth lab Before she left, she made a dashboard confessional Let's build a guts in cursive, but what's Fun, I remember that song It was, I think one of the reasons why I loved it the most was because It's a, it's a great song Like, the whole, all the lyrics are puns on so many bands of that era mm-hmm. uh, and so it was just great because you'd listen through and uh, you could you know, kind of joke and like giggle about like which bands they <laughs> rhymed <laughs> and it tells a whole story <laughs> that sounded like a head on car crash oh, no. uh, the song tells us the whole story of there's actually like a narrative within the song but they use all these band names to tell the story so mm-hmm. it's a great song it's really funny it's definitely a different sound than pretty much anything else from that year which was all pretty pretty traditional like heavy mm-hmm. rock and roll and punk and pop punk so like this song was was a little bit different off the album and that's why i really liked it and it's a fun i agree i love that i'm glad you brought that up it's also a fun like validating exercise be like i know them i know them yes. i know them i know them yes oh 100 <laughs> oh yeah because it felt very like an in joke where yeah. you're like we're all part of this like secret society we're all we're so like, cool no. like the normies don't know exactly which again kind of goes back to our whole to the negative gatekeeping yeah. thing but i think there's a difference between like a sense of ownership in yes. a healthy way of like we're all part of this community yeah this belongs to a, like they own a piece of our heart because we love this so much without the negative like yeah you don't even know you don't even know so that was my first one real estate oh my in the funny way to seal it tastes so high but no chance my little chemical romance left a bad taste in my mouth but i opposed to like hey mercedes why the long face why you crying no need just put on this cold heat and fall out boy meets girl jimmy eat world but schlep eats pills till he's all out not once not twice she was thrice times a lady acting all brand new but i had to bounce over to the postal services to question for you Rachel so wait who did you go with so in 2011 I went with a gal (sighs) we're not friends anymore (laughs) I'm like I don't want to refer to her and like oust her um she added me on LinkedIn recently I declined uh the deepest of emotional connections let's say (laughs) Susie because I didn't know any Susies in high school let's let's call her Susie I went with this gal Susie we were very tight at the time Um, pretty much my whole upbringing, I became pretty much a full-blown scene kid in middle school, and then, so like 07, 08, and then by the time I got to high school, I kind of rebranded a little. I was still very much into Hot Topic, very much into stuff, but I wasn't like straightened hair, hair in my face, heavy makeup like I was back in the day. Right. I kind of mellowed a little look-wise in high school. Um, but I was pretty much exclusively friends with the same squad of kids, the same kids that we all grew up together. And they were all pretty normal. They were all pretty relatively normal kids. Um, not a lot of them were into what I was into. And they were all just kind of, it never really came up one way or the other that I was like, 
a pretty seen kid. Yeah. Um, so this gal, Susie, was one of the few in high school whom I knew who knew a lot of the same bands as me and, like, gave a shit about a lot of the same stuff. So that was a really fun thing where outside of this great group where we had so much fun together and we had so much in common outside of that, it was cool to have a friend, like, my music nerd friend, like, my yeah. scene kid friend. Yeah. So she was who I went with in 2011. Um, my mom braided my hair for it. My mom French braided my hair so it'd be out of my face. Love it. Because Gina's a great braider. Shout out. Love it. I'm really upset that she's out of town this weekend. Because <laughs> uh, we're staying at my mom's house this weekend. And she's out of town and I'm so about her because I was dead ass going to have her braid my hair again. Because she's really a French braider yeah. and it's just out of her face, out of sight, out of mind. Um, but anyway, she braided my hair for me. We'll post some pictures on socials too. I have quite a few pictures from 2011 because it was like peak Facebook kind of MySpace vibes. Um, MySpace had kind of died out, but like Facebook kind of filled that void. And I took a fuckload of pictures. Amazing. They're pretty much all scrubbed from my social media presence currently. And I'm going <laughs> to bring them back as a gift to myself. And then 2014, I went with my brother, Alex. Shout out to Alex. Yes. Um, he went, I think he met a couple people there. We didn't spend the whole day together. We like reconvened at various things. So if I recall correctly, I think I spent quite a bit of like the sets by myself. I kind of navigated warped by myself at that point. And I was 19, so it wasn't anything too crazy. Um, and I was not there for the most popular bands, needless to say. (laughs) I don't know if I'm skipping ahead. Yeah. Well, that actually is my next question of what, uh, the lineups for each year that we went to and let's start with like who were you most excited to see (sighs) a lot of who i was most excited to see i didn't end up seeing oh no in 2011 okay um in 2011 really okay (laughs) no i saw them already yeah that's right in 2011 303 was playing i was beside myself i wanted to see them so bad we didn't end up seeing their set. I forget why. It was something very silly. I was so heartbroken, but tried to be cool. <laughs> I was like, yeah. it's cool. We're worked. It's great. Um, <laughs> I'm not crying. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> it's cool. Um, and I actually took a... <laughs> we'll see if I might post it. I have a little... <laughs> I discovered it when I was going through my camera from high school. I took this really stalkery photo of Nat from 303. Oh, my God. They were doing, 303 was doing a signing in the Trojan tent, or they were next to the Trojan of tent. Of course they Unclear were. Unclear if they were in it or next to it, but I have this, like, very stalker photo of Nat, like, talking to somebody signing something, and there's, like, a big Trojan ad behind him, and I'm like, what a metaphor, what a time to be alive. Um, the line to meet them was so long, we decided against it because we would have missed other uh, sets, other bands, and then I think just the timing of their set didn't work with when we got there or like Susie took too long about him, something happened. Yeah. We missed it and I was heartbroken. They were like number one, a priority for me. Um, I also really wanted to see All Time Low, but they played um, a limited run that summer. They weren't at Shoreline, so I was really sad. Um, I wish I knew exactly what day I went because this website has it laid out. And Sum 41 I was excited about and they didn't play our gig either. So I missed a lot of those people. And actually, most of my memories of 2011 were bands I'd never heard of on the smaller stages Mm -hmm. that we just, like, got introduced to. And then we, like, literally met them after. And that was so exciting for us to meet these, like, cute boys in a band. Yes. That I ended up chilling with a lot of the more local stages. Um, I'm literally scrolling through this and I'm, like, at a loss. 
I just desperately wanted to see 303 and I didn't get to see them. And to this day, I've not seen 303 and it's such a crime. So 303, if you're out there, send me some fucking comp tickets. Let's hang out. <laughs> I know they're a problematic fave, but they're a problematic fave. Thanks. Uh, what about 2011? Yeah, 2011 was a fun comp. I notably, that was, I think, the last comp I ever bought. Oh. I may have bought 2012. Was 2012 the green one? Probably. But it was one of the last compilations I ever purchased. And it was very exciting for me because Haley Williams was on the cover. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I wasn't, that wasn't like the thick, thick, thick of my Paramore obsession. Um, I was kind of on my way out. I saw them live in 2011, loved it. But I was more excited about Newfound Glory opening for them. <laughs> But it was so cool for me to see a front a front person I knew, but to have a front woman was huge. Mm-hmm. It was very exciting. Um, it felt very validating and very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hello Goodbye is on it. And it was 2011 Hello Goodbye, so like very not aggressive at all. Very romantic, twinkly, cute. Um, and I actually saw them live that year. And I think I saw them within a week of when I went to Warped that year. Nice. And I distinctly remember remarking like, oh, I missed Hello Goodbye, but I'm seeing them in like two weeks. So I don't really care because I'm going to see them. And I ended up being front row for them. But finding something to do is on the 2011 Warped compilation. It's not at all like the sound of anything else on there, but in the best way possible. It's so sweet. And it's fast paced enough that you can like dance and party to it. Mm-hmm. forward to most seeing in 2013 so 2014 opposite thing okay i wanted to see like three bands and i saw all three nice so 2014 to paint a vague picture for you real quick some of the headliners they had a day to remember less than jake um falling in reverse i hate falling in reverse but they played (laughs) um Sleeping with Sirens was also huge, and I hate their fans. Sorry, I hated them at the time. All the girls with Sleeping with Sirens shirts kept pushing and being very rude, and I did not like them that day. Um, Of Mice and Men played. 2014 was very much, if you look at the compilation too, which we'll get into later, it was very much a Screamo forward year. Ah. So, like, Every Time I Die. um, But I went for a very specific reason. So my point being, it was a very hardcore forward year. It was... um, the bands I went to see were a bit of a throwback. Good. I was most thrilled to see Bowling for Soup. Oh my god. <laughs> Yellow Card. Aw. And Mayday Parade. And I saw all three and I had a goddamn wonderful time. Nice. So, and I even said going into it, We the Kings also played and I actually watched their set because they were right before Mayday. I was never a big We the Kings fan, but their set was really fun. Yeah. Um, so I actually like fully, like I'd be chatting with strangers before I sat and they're like, who are you here to see? And I'm like, honestly, I know it's a big fucking joke, but I'm here for Bowling for Soup <laughs> and I'm not sorry. So a lot of people that I talked to, I ended up talking to a lot of the older crowd. Um, I was going to say, sure. was that like... Yeah, I was talking to a lot of the like 
in my mind, I thought they were all, like, 30, and now, in retrospect, they were probably all in their 20s. But, like, real proper adults I ended up in the pit with quite a yeah. bit because we were all there for, like, the those bands. And I did interact with a lot of the teeny boppers who tend to frequent those warp tours. Mm-hmm. Um, the other huge one was Four Years Strong. I fucking love Four Years Strong. Not only did I see them, but, spoiler alert, we'll get into it later, but I met them, and it was so cool. And I had the time of my dang life. Um... My brother is a huge Adate Remember fan. I've talked about this on the pod before. I'm a huge Four Years Strong fan. They apparently have beef. I'm right. recently, if you listen to our angry songs, you'll hear me wax poetic about actually how great Adate Remember is and how I kind of slept <laughs> on them. Um, but I still am a Four Years Strong stand. They're playing this weekend. I'm hoping to see them. I love them. I live for them. So they were like the cool kind of current still relevant band. And then Bowling for Soup, Yellow Card, and Mayday Parade were kind of on the outs. They were a little... I love that. Yeah, but it was fun. It was great. <laughs> yeah, 2014 was rough, compilation-wise. <laughs> I keep saying I had a great time at that show. It was a very hardcore forward year, at least on the compilation. Um, and literally the picture on that compilation is a dude fucking screaming, wailing. There you go. And I'm a fake fan because I have no idea who the fuck that is on the cover. But anyway, because um, like Of Mice and Men was there, Devil Wars Prada, Every Time I Die. Um you know, it was kind of weird. I will throw out local um, from 2014. I the Mighty is featured on the Warp Tour 2014 compilation. Um, their Bay Area band. They had a song called "Speak to Me" that was on there. It's pretty cool. I like their sound. I never got fully into them. I actually knew someone who was like best friends with the band, which was part of why I never got into them. So I was like, in case I meet them, I don't want to fangirl too much. <laughs> yeah. And then we stopped being friends with that guy, and I was like, well, now I can't listen to I the Mighty because we're not friends with that guy. So I'm going to give them another shot now that it's been many years. Nice. But that song's cool. I really love their sound. They kind of bridge that gap between like a darker, rougher kind of distortion sound, but also that like traditional pop punk sound. They kind of merge the gap there. And they have a really interesting, more alternative sound, which I love. Um, okay, so who was there anybody that you saw that you were like, why are they playing? Or like, they're not yeah. that good. Like, who was a letdown? Fucking, I ended up having to bear witness to like 10 minutes of a falling in reverse set in 2014. <laughs> and I've never been so angry in my life. Fucking hate that guy. That lead singer oh, is no. exhausting. He was talking about how he just got out of prison. Like, that was a cool thing. Ooh. And I'm not shaming anybody who has done time. But the way that this guy was talking about it. And to an audience that was clearly a lot of, like, 16-year-old girls <laughs> was so weird. He was so full of himself. His voice sounds like shit. I hate their music. I hate Falling Reverse. Like, Sleeping With Sirens are just not my cup of tea. Yeah. Those fans that day, the handful of fans I dealt with, bugged me in that they were just, like, those girls happen to not be great. Not indicative of the band. I'm just not. They're not my favorite. That's fine. I hate Falling Reverse. <laughs> words cannot express i hate them so much falling in reverse has bad girls club on the 2014 compilation my brother and i used to listen to it when we were drunk to laugh at it because it's so bad and it's so bad it makes us mad like the lyrics are stupid he whines the whole time 
fuck that song, but also it's really fun to hate listen to. And if you love Falling in Reverse, I don't want to shit on you. I'm not judging you. I just, something about the cadence of that dude's voice gets my goat. (laughs) And I don't want to, like, shit on anyone's dreams if people really like that band, but I hate that song. But in terms of letdowns, I don't think anybody really let me down. Um, like I said, in 2014, the sets I saw were the three I came for. Yeah. And boy, were those a real treat and a half. <laughs> and actually, We the Kings was a pleasant surprise. I never really listened to them, but their set was really fun. Um, 2011, I don't think... Yeah, 2011, the huge letdown was that I missed three or three, <laughs> which was my own damn fault. But I think about it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that was the only real letdown because I think 2011 was very much a year of pleasant surprises and discoveries. We didn't really know what to expect going in because it was my and Susie's first work tour. Right. Um, so it was all pleasant surprises. Whereas 2014, I kind of knew what to expect. And I was there for three veteran bands that I knew would have way less crazy crowds. And it was exactly what I expected in the best way. Yeah. And then the pleasant surprises were that I got to meet a couple of those people. Right. Totally on accident. Yeah. I didn't wait in long lines. I wasn't dying. 2014 ended up being really great. It just wasn't like the traditional warped experience at all. It was very much like the old lady warped experience (laughs) that I had so much fun with, even though I was only 19. (laughs) Which like, but that's the thing, like in that scene, you, I felt like you aged out so fast because you can only be kind of like angsty and mad and yeah. You can only be 15 and 16 for two years. Yeah. Well, and even, I feel like the shelf life is short, but it starts so early. It's like, especially with emo yes. music, especially with, like, girls discovering my chemical romance. And I say girls, I mean all gender inclusive, but my experience was I was an emo girl. I was yeah. a scene girl. Yeah. And I was friends with a handful of scene girls. I didn't really know any boys in the scene other than my brother and his friends, and they were more the traditional pop punk scene, not the, like, emo scene, scene kid thing. Right. So, but I feel like it was like 12 to 17. Yeah. And then by the time you were finally legal, you were, you were too yeah. busy or yeah. you were done. And by the time you were legally drinking, oh, no. fuck that. So I think, I think Warped, especially both of my experiences Warped, especially 2014, either you're a teen yeah. or you're straight up like an old vet and you're coming to see a handful of old bands you love and you're like a dead ass adult sipping a beer I was like that weird in between in 2014. That's why I felt too old for it, but also too young for it. Mm-hmm. Um, 2011, I was like the key demo. I was just overwhelmed. Yeah. So I didn't really go to the big, big, big sets. I ended up meeting these smaller bands right. and listening to these smaller bands. One of which I will say, I actually distinctly remember towards the end of the day, we happened upon a stage where this band called So Long Arletta was playing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Never heard of them since. <laughs> But they played a set. They were very pop-punky, emphasis on the poppy. Um, we met the band after. They were really sweet. We had crushes on them immediately. Oh, yeah. They were simple and very excited. <laughs> and I bought a gray tank top. I'll post a picture of me wearing it. It's a gray tank top that just says so long or let in giant white letters. And I wore that shit all summer. I felt so hot. I felt so cool and cultured. Yeah. I'm like, no one even knows what this is. I thought it was so cool and it was form fitting. And I was like, ooh, bitch, we're pretending I have a waist. I was loving it. I was living for it. I distinctly remember my 
regular friends, my like group of normal friends, and I all went bowling, and I wore that fucking tank top so proudly, living my best life. (laughs) Um, So they were one band that I remember. The bulk of the other bands we saw are all a blur. Yeah. I also happened to go, for all you like Bay Area people especially, I went to BFD. Um, BFD was a big festival put on at the top of every summer by Live 105, which was the alternative station. What does it stand for? Uh, big fucking deal. Oh, cool. I okay. think. Or like, it, that was the right, right, right. idea. We were pretty sure that's what it meant, but obviously it was radio, so you weren't allowed to say. Right. Um, but I went to BFD a couple times, and that was also at Shoreline, and that was alternative, so it wasn't quite all pop punk, but like, that's where I saw Reliant K, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. But my point being, it all blurs together because I yeah. went to several festivals at Shoreline that weren't warped. So sometimes I forget who I saw where. Yeah. But my warped memories are pretty distinct. But, like, I'm pretty sure I saw Reliant K at BFD. Yeah. Which is so odd. And they were literally, like, the gates opened at 11. They played at 11. They gave them the shittiest slot ever. And I ran there. And it was amazing. And that's, I mean, story for a different day. But, yeah. So I'm kind of blurring my my mems. But well, that was so long our let I distinctly recall. Nice. So the next song that I really loved from, I really loved all of 2005. I'm, like, looking back at the compilation, I'm like, all of these were great. Um, some early uh, Saturday from Fall Out Boy's first album. Oh, uh, well, these open doors are open and dead. Uh, Plain White Tees, some of their first stuff was on here. Ohio's for Lovers. Hawthorne oh my God. Um, so I would say one of the uh, one of the other songs that I really liked, like the matches were on this year. Uh, but they're, they're so fun. They are. One of the other songs I, I loved know. was Skeleton Jar by Youth Group. Like sentinels Stand guard in the morning sun Then the lights go down And all the people gather around And you feel you are A skeleton job I would say then the other last one that I really enjoyed was I mean, again, the whole album is really good. I honestly, like, this is a great year for compilation. Uh, For Fiona by No Use for a Name is really good. Nice. First to last was on this year and mm. Atreyu, Gorgo Bodello, Start Wearing Purple. Yes. Which is amazing. Check marks so by the Academy is yeah. uh, Poison Hot Water Music. So it was really funny and I think actually one of the reasons why to go back, why I loved uh, Taxi Driver was because they reference like they put it at the very end of the compilation and it references like eight or nine of the bands in the compilation. So it was very That's meta. That's so fun. It was great. I love a meta moment. I was going to ask if, like, if Bowling for Soup was definitely more of, like, the older... Yes. 
Or just not, like, the 14-year-olds, yes. you know? It was all the adults yeah. were like, hey, I remember them from 2003. And exactly. all showed right. up. Yeah. And so I think as a result... Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say, but I forgot. As a result, a lot of people I was talking to casually thought I was way older than I was. Yeah. Just because of who I was there for. And I'm, like, a chubby woman. And I was over 18. So I feel like a lot of chubby women over 18 are, like, ageless. Where I could tell you I'm, like, 40 and you'd believe me. But I could tell you I was 19 and you'd believe me. <laughs> so I was, like, in this weird state where a lot of people were treating me like a real adult. Which was very fun and cool. That's a gift, though. I yeah, like it was really to, cool. To play that age. Yeah. Especially at a concert like that, because it. this is something I'm excited to see for this weekend, to see kind of what the ages are. Mm-hmm. Because the, the lineup for this weekend, and we'll talk about this at some point. But the, I think it's mostly throwbacks. It's throwbacks. It's a lot of throwbacks. It's a lot of veterans of the tour. So I, I anticipate it being definitely more... People, an older crowd. An older crowd. Which I would love. Yeah. When I went in 2006, um, it... It was a fair mix, I think, of, like, people in their mid-20s and teenagers. Mm-hmm. There were definitely a lot of teenagers, which I I could feel... All the people running booths, of course, were in their mid-20s or older. Right. Because, but all, a lot of the people attending were teenagers. And I remember a couple of times that it felt like the people in the booths were, like, really over the fact that it was mostly teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, I don't blame them. Yeah. <laughs> um... For me, so the 2006 lineup wasn't bad. Um, it was actually pretty good. I was most excited to see uh, AFI was that year. Armor for Sleep. I'm not sure we ended up seeing Armor for Sleep. Hey, my brother had an Armor for Sleep sweatshirt he wore like every day. They're, yeah, their first album I had. Um, obviously, Joan Jett and uh, the Blackhearts were there. And I honestly, though, I don't know if they played uh, Bonner Springs because I don't have like a vivid memory and I feel like mm-hmm. I would have a vivid memory of seeing Joan Jett. Um, so she might have played, or they might have played like at a time that we weren't there because mm-hmm. we did not stay. I do remember that we had to leave at like, I think my mom was like, I'm picking you up at like six or seven. You have to be ready because we got picked up in the middle of the Paramore set. So mm-hmm. I saw like half of the Paramore set and. Uh, in 06? In 06. Fuck, that was so early. It was like right when they had released yeah. uh, their first album. Because they were the cover of my compilation. They were the cover of 2011. Yeah. So by the time they were playing my Warped Tour, they were like a huge yeah. force to be reckoned with. They were way more famous than so many of the bands there. It was, I think, one of their first, like their first or second year that they played. Yeah. Um, so I remember seeing Paramore, which was really fun. And then Paramore, obviously, for a pessimist, I'm pretty optimistic classic like peak paramore i loved riot so much that album was so good so that was great I think one of their first, like their first or second year that they played. Yeah. Um, so I remember seeing Paramore, which was really fun. Plain White Tees. Uh, Motion City Soundtrack was who I was definitely excited to see. Uh, we saw Motion City. We they, all know Motion City. We all know how much we love Justin Peer, be our friend. Yes, they were amazing. Hello Goodbye was that year. Mm. We saw From First to Last, uh, which was basically just like, the, I think From First to Last was a huge draw, and it was just like an entire swath of girls in black t-shirts, just like really feeling it out for something more. Mm -hmm. Um, 
red jumpsuit apparatus played that year. Uh, Reggie and the Full Effect, who I adore Reggie and the Full Effect, they're from Kansas City, I'm pretty sure, the Kansas City area, so that was, like, kind of cool, like, a coming home for them. Say Anything, of course. Darling Max Bemis, uh, Say Anything. Say Osun was that year. Census Fail, uh, The Academy Is. Under Oath Thursday, I remember seeing Thursday for a second. Uh, but I agree with you that, honestly... The bands that I remember the most from that year were the smaller bands that I didn't really know of, uh, but that we kind of like stumbled upon because the crowds were smaller Mm -hmm. and they were playing either not one of the really big stages, but I remember seeing Gym Class Heroes uh, on this like very small stage in the middle of all the booths. That's so cool. They were just performing and we just like rounded a corner and watched Travis McCoy and he was amazing. He's going to be there this weekend. I know, I'm so excited. they were really great. Uh, one of my favorite bands from that era, they only put out one album. Uh, they're called Dropping Daylight. I've played one of their songs before, Lucy, uh, or I've mentioned them before. Mm-hmm. They uh, great piano-forward band. I remember watching them play and was really excited because it was piano-forward. Mm-hmm. And again, I always find that really exciting for me personally. Um, so yeah, that was something I definitely remember was that the bands that I was excited to see turned out to be the smaller ones but it was yeah. like that's how you got to know them a lot of them were pat like if they were selling their cds their cds were so cheap at warp mm-hmm. it was like five or ten bucks yeah i remember going home with like five or six cds that day like yeah, that's all i really bought was just a, a bunch of smaller especially band those samplers those like yes. thin ass sleeve samplers because you could tuck it in your back pocket yeah. as long as you didn't like eat shit in the pit your right. cd would be fine <laughs> it was perfect so great not that I was raging in the pit ever, but oh, you know me. what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of 2006 uh, compilation, I will say Joan Jett and the Blackhearts are on it with five, which yes. is great. Uh, She's so nice. She gives the best hugs. <laughs> the other one that I, I chewed, uh, <laughs> Chiodos is... Chiodios. I know. That's what my brother and his friends used to call him. Chiodios. Chiodos are on with the words best friend become redefined yeah dude chiodos was one of those where i kind of knew of them peripherally peripherally thank you i kind of knew about chiodos peripherally and every now and then i'll pull up a song by them or it'll come up on my spotify spotify knows i'm a pop punk bitch now because of this podcast my algorithm's all fucked and every now and then it'll slip in i'm like this is a dope song what is this it's chiodos yep yeah i think part of it of course we both like them they're so theatrical they are there. They're so theatrical in the way in which he sings is very like yes. theatery. Yes, it is. It is. Um, and then the other one that I'll pull off from 2006 is Americanize, The Girl with the Broken Heart, uh, parenthetical, by the way. It's not my favorite Americanize song, but I remember finding Americanize. They were, they were one of the bands um, in 2006 that I remember seeing a small, like on a small stage, and was like, oh, they're cool. And one of my friends got into them, and we had like their, their sample CD. Somebody who's not on the 2006 uh, compilation, but who I do remember getting, besides Dropping Daylight, who I remember getting their CD was uh, Rookie of the Year. Oh, I remember that name. Yeah, and they have a they have a song called like Blue Roses or something like that, and it was like they their lead singer i'm pretty sure played acoustic guitar with the rest of the four piece and so they were very much in the like piano forward acoustic guitar forward really like met that need of mine um so they're a little more kind of the like softer like secondhand serenade kind of emo uh but i really enjoyed them and so i remember seeing them and i'm pretty sure we met them at the 2006 warp tour so again 
the smaller bands really repping it. Yeah. And that was, like, I think I'll be sad that Warped Tour is over because it really, I think, takes away a, a big starting point for a lot of smaller bands. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not going to miss that sweat and heat and sun. funny I definitely remember finishing out the 2006 tour that day and like going home and just feeling so elated and so exhausted and then knowing when I woke up the next day I was like cool I never need to do that again <laughs> like love these bands I will love when they come yeah because they're we're just not warped lifers there are warped lifers yes. out there we are not those people no. as much as we love it and despite this podcast the actual festival and being out there it does not appeal for the most part I think there was something that I missed about like especially because like I said I was going to see most of these same bands mm-hmm. uh, weekly in my hometown yeah and the venue that I went to my hometown the Blue Note um, still there still really cool uh, it's you know s- smaller mm-hmm. obviously than like an amphitheater but um, it ha- I think I think I missed that like intimate quality that the, uh, you know that right. worked especially with the bigger bands that worked same actually because I, I mean I grew up in the base so I went to San Francisco yeah. a lot I would go to the Warfield um, I would go to quite a bit which is a bigger venue but not nearly to the scope of like the stages at the amphitheater right. and I went to um, the Fox Theater but I specifically went to Slim's and I went to Slim's a lot yeah. and Slim's <laughs> is in my mind like the perfect venue it's like the perfect size it's like medium sized yeah. if you got in line early enough you'd be the first bitch in and you better believe I was always the first bitch oh, in yeah against the stage stood there and waited for two hours until it came on oh yeah so i think that was part of it too is i was very fortunate enough to have access to the bands i really wanted to see and i Mm -hmm. could cherry pick the bands i really wanted to see for the most part that being said i've still to this day never seen all time low despite loving them (laughs) um but there are a handful of bands i missed but for the most part i could just kind of cherry pick what i wanted to go to so warp tour and the appeal of that community and that summer camp, I didn't really need at that point in my life. Yeah. Because I had that sense of community at my local shows. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we, I mean, like, I agree with you that we definitely already, I already felt like I had that community in, in my hometown. Because you'd, you'd see a lot of the same people every, mm-hmm. you know, every week or every couple I'm still weeks. friends with and follow a chick on Instagram that I met at a Steel Train concert. Nice. Exactly. Yeah. It's like Warped Tour... It was great to see, like, a big crowd of people that were all like you, definitely that were from Kansas and Missouri and probably, like, Iowa or mm-hmm. Nebraska, whatever other state. Um, but, yeah, I just – I felt like – I think that's probably why I really enjoyed the smaller bands and yeah. having that experience and finding those bands because mm-hmm. the bigger bands just felt, like, less accessible on those days. Mm-hmm. Even if they still did signings, Yeah, it was like you couldn't – I. If you were gonna, st- if you wanted to get to the front of one of those stages and wait for a band, you'd, you'd have to get there at like nine a.m. Get in line, and then mm-hmm. you would have to be at that stage the entire All day. day. Mm-hmm. Which that's why we missed three or three and stuff because we didn't yeah. want to park it early enough, right? Because we missed other things, right? And when there's so much stimulus, especially as a kid, there's so yeah. much stimuli. You're like, I could go to the booth, I could right. go to the booth, I could meet that guy, I could meet that guy, or I could stand and watch, right? And you're like, ah, kind of and you can't time. really yeah. decide, yeah. Which it's was, like decision fatigue by the end of the day because exactly, there's so much happening so much. at once. So, yeah, that was interesting because, I, like I said, I went with at least two other people, if not more. And I can't remember. I think we all 
all of us were pretty much on the same page about who we wanted to see at least, which mm-hmm. was good. That's cool. I think it maybe at some point we yeah, up. Susie and I were kind of overlapped, but not quite, which is part of, I think the issue is she didn't really make decisions, but I didn't feel comfortable like making us do things. So it was like, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. He's cute. Okay. We'll watch his right. band. <laughs> so we ended up being a little more passive. Whereas I was pretty self-sufficient in 2014. Cause my brother was like, I'm going to be at the front of Devil Wears Prada. I'm like, cool, you're my ride home, so I'll be at the back of Devil Wears Prada waiting for you to be done. Um, I was very much like the parent, but in reverse, where I'm like, you're my ride, I'm not moshing. Yeah, right. <laughs> and God bless my brother, he can throw elbows with the best of them, and that's just not my jam. And after, honestly, at the risk of being a little bit of a downer, I think part of it is Warped Tour is built up, especially in the scene, and especially growing up reading Alternative Press Magazine and growing up on MySpace, it's built up to be this amazing thing. But when you go especially i would say when you go as a girl yeah it's tough it is tough. it's not and we've alluded to this on the pod before at the end of the day as much as we love warp tour and as much good as it brings to the world it's not a super inclusive space Mm-mm. and Mm-mm. it's really tough to have to go as a teen girl and try and physically make the space for yourself in a place where boys are being really rowdy and girls are too don't get me wrong but on the whole it's yeah. a lot of like big giant sweaty aggressive dudes like hitting each other and stuff and there's not physical space for you a lot of the time so I think that was part of what turned me off too is I felt like at least when you choose one band or like three bands that are playing one show Mm -hmm. you kind of know the core audience yeah and you can kind of gauge that better Warp Tour is very much a free-for-all and I think that can be a huge selling point but that can also be a huge con yeah and I think that's what it was for me is I went twice and I'm like cool exactly and now that now i think part of the appeal of 25 and that's why we're both going is we're adults now we want to see these throwback bands that we either missed or we'd like to revisit yeah and i think that's kind of the key demo for this year yeah just part of why i'm intrigued because i'm a woman and i can i can demand my own space now in a way that i couldn't when i was a kid yeah and um i know the venue really well i've been there a million times which is cool you don't have to but that's like a cool thing And I just feel more comfortable making space for myself. Yes. And I know my peer group a little better. So if it's like mostly like 20 to 30 age groups, I feel cool with that. Yes. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Well, and especially I'll be interested to see like if there are teenagers. um, Again, I think I agree that I think we'll, I think everybody's going to be pretty uh, segregated depending on bands that they want to yeah. see depending on the years because there's mm-hmm. a fair amount of like newer bands I think yeah the no FX I... crowd is going to be completely yeah. different oh yeah than the gym class heroes crowd <laughs> yes even though those bands were doing well at the same time it's a very different vibe or you know I mean Frank so, Iero is playing right. that's going to be completely different kids than who wants to see Simple Plan right or a weird <laughs> crossover because we're assigned to those people oh my god um, you know it'll be me. it'll be really interesting to see like who's who I don't really want to see something. you're gonna drive me kicking and screaming no I was so excited for Good Charlotte and they pulled out yeah true I was always a Good Charlotte over Simple Plan girl Same. but you know it's it'll be interesting to see the microcosms yeah. within it I'm really excited to report back on yeah. the pod and do like our recap conclusion after this weekend and but see I, who was really there. I agree with you too about your point of like it wasn't an, an inclusive space. I think that's probably I don't think I realized it at the time yeah. because I didn't want to accept that it wasn't Same. an inclusive space. Mm-hmm. So like it didn't really occur to me until yeah much later that it wasn't. But I do remember I didn't really have a letdown on a band playing, but I did have a letdown in general going. Mm-hmm. Was that um, so? I had these. <laughs> because I was an asshole. Um, I had fingerless gloves that had the 
uh, skeleton fingers on him. Love that for like you. Like the misfits, right? Yep. But also Frankie Arrow from yeah. My Chem, which was my, like, that's how I... I had a neon skeleton hoodie I wore exactly. every fucking day for right. like six years. <laughs> it was, you know, I got them in Hot Topic, whatever. Like, you know, I wore them all the time. Um, I love them. I think I think I maybe still own them somewhere at my mom's house. I anyway, hope so. I love them, and I knew that they were misfit gloves, but it just wasn't like that. Wasn't how I related to them, right? Necessarily, the misfits are great, but that wasn't that just wasn't mm-hmm. where I came into them. Mm-hmm. But I do remember walking uh, between the booths, and some guy who was working the booths like called me out for them, and was like. I think he wanted me to, like, come up and, you know, play their whatever the booth He was game. trying to get, like, someone. It was very much a carnival step right up thing. Yes. And I didn't hear him at first, mm-hmm. but he started shouting at me, like, girl in the misfit gloves, girl in the misfit gloves. And I didn't realize he was talking to me until, like, I registered that it wasn't just inane shouting. Right. And so I remember turning around and he, like, said something really, like, not derogatory about me specifically, but it was, like, uh, basically, like, this bitch doesn't, like, know her history. Like, yet another girl here doesn't know her history. And that has stuck with me since 2006. That's so shitty. It was, because I was like, I'm just here trying to have a great day. I didn't hear you. And also, like, I, I'm... Do I... Like, in, I think for me, the biggest part of this... The biggest downfall of the scene, and I'm sure it's still like this, unfortunately, was that... And it's like this in so many areas that are really male-dominated, is that mm-hmm. if you're a woman, it's like you constantly have to prove that you deserve to be there. Yep. And for some reason, you need to prove that you understand, like, all of the backstories mm-hmm. of all of the bands and, like, you know, that you have to be able to trace, like, how 303 was influenced by the Ramones in, like, a thesis, and yeah. that's your, like, ticket in. And, and even then, they'd be like, well, that's a shitty band. Yeah, exactly. So tell me about this other one. Exactly. And I always felt like my choices of the bands that I liked and the clothes that I wore and like how I fit into the scene were always scrutinized by the male presence and definitely always looked down upon, mm-hmm. specifically by the male presence. Like other mm-hmm. women, you know, we all, I, I don't know, there was like a weird unspoken bond. There's a gatekeeping yes. that's to this day very inherent in most things. Yes. Honestly, yeah. I'm a big nerd. I'm in a lot of different uh, yeah. fandoms. It's very much a thing in the convention space. I go to a lot of Comic-Cons, and it's very much in that space. And it's not even gender-specific anymore. Yeah, true. And as as long as I can remember, since I was, like, 11 or 12 years old... I loved the Ramones and I wore Ramones t-shirts. I had like five different Ramones t-shirts from Hot Topic that my mom went and bought me and I'd wear them all the time. And I distinctly remember my friend's mom, someone's mom Mom. being like, name five Ramones songs, honey. (laughs) And then I had to. And of course, in the moment, I rattled off 10 and was like, fuck you. Right. But also, even if I didn't know fuck you right. i'm a young person and i'm discovering music and i'm discovering yeah. my own identity and it doesn't matter how many songs i know if i have a personal attachment to it that's on me right and i was guilty of it too i was totally brainwashed and like there would be people yeah. i'm like you don't even know like their first album right or like yeah. you don't even know like all the tracks or right. whatever and it's shitty and it took a lot of years for me to kind of unlearn that and stop being such a shitty gatekeeper yeah and um Oh, same. I'm sure I turned around to, like, to somebody else at that age. Yeah. Like, rolled my eyes at like somebody who like wasn't wearing black. Yeah. I, to this day, <laughs> you know, am okay. so wounded. It's so funny that you have that memory because I was very wounded by another woman and a queer woman oh. in high school. There was a gal who we all kind of suspected was queer. 
a lot of people suspected I was queer, like whatever. <laughs> but this gal wore uh, Say Anything t-shirts like constantly. And she was the only person at my giant high school. I had a graduating class of 700. It was a big school. Same. I didn't know anybody who knew who Say Anything was. Yeah. So this gal, that was like her brand. And one year for Halloween, she dressed up like the album cover, the Say Anything album cover of the boy with the cape Amazing. and the tiny whiteies. Yeah. Um, and so we got like we had PE lockers next to each other and I had like carved a bunch of names into my binder band names into my binder and so I like had set my binder down to do something she's like oh my god say anything and I was like yeah oh my god are you going to the show at Regency Ballroom because I knew it was coming up and she was like yeah I'm so excited it's they were so good last time I saw them at blah 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 it's gonna be great and I was like yeah I can't wait I haven't seen them before it's gonna be so cool I'm dying to see them and that was like the end of the exchange and I thought fine yeah and then, like, two periods later, my buddy Helen was like, oh, I know so-and-so. She called you a poser because she said you've never seen Say Anything, so you're a poser. What? And I'm like, we literally just had a conversation about how we're both going to the same concert, and yeah. I love them, and I'm excited. And also... Fuck her! Yeah, like, what kind of, like, weird but privilege? clearly... And now looking back as an adult, and I haven't talked about this to anybody in years, because I haven't really... Yeah. It's one of those, like, deep-rooted memes that you don't think that deep... And it's not like, oh, I was traumatized or right. ruined my life. But it stuck with me to yeah. this day. I mean, yeah. I'm 24 now. I was, like, 16 then. Yeah. And it'll stick with me when I'm 34, etc. Um, I think so much of her identity was fixed on that. Yeah. And her being the only one who knew. So unless I was exactly on par with her, right. I was nothing to her. Right. Because that was her identity and how dare I take that from her. Yeah. Which I now understand and it was from a place of her own insecurity. But it made me feel really shitty. And I was really wounded by And to be called a poser is like the worst thing you could call a scene right? kid. Oh my god. It's to be your poser. Because it's like how dare you. Yeah. I listen to every album. I know every song by right. heart. Like this is my favorite thing. And even if I didn't, I care about them and it doesn't matter. Right. Because it goes back again to the fact that like I don't know. I, I always felt like <clears throat> because it really was an inclusive scene that like I was so afraid that somebody was going to come out and be like, well, you're not a real emo kid. And yeah. Like, but I really am. Like, I, I yeah. know all the words and I listen to only this music yeah. and I, like, wear so much eyeliner. Like, yeah. And I know those are all, like, very simple like, uh, or cosmetic. Th- I mean, literally cosmetic things. But it was because it was, like, uh, exactly. Like, you're trying to figure out your identity and you really are leaning into it. But exactly. Like, I, if there was a big gatekeeping thing like we're mm-hmm. definitely and I, I and even within each other exactly. even our own peers Just even like crazy. queer emo women would do yeah. that to each other yeah when we were all the same age we were all in the same spot right i so i hope you know what i think this i'm gonna make it a point this weekend i think to like if i see somebody like wearing a cool shirt or like uh, somebody who's like in like really enjoying a band or something yeah like, really validate as many people yeah as possible. exactly validate those people because like, it should be a community yeah. it is summer yeah. camp and it, that right. shouldn't be designated to just the rough and tumble boys who it's built for <laughs> right, yeah. because yeah they're having a great fucking time it's their summer camp right. but it's our summer camp too yeah exactly and we're allowed to all be nice to each other and, have yeah. great time. and that's not to say that other people didn't have wonderful experiences and i loved my work tour experiences yeah but there are these little gatekeeping moments that stick with you and it sucks right and we should all just like love what we love and be happy that yeah. we all love exactly. similar shit right i mean it's not us. a contest it's not a contest but yeah but and yet it really felt like that. So I hope that this year is different. I mean, yeah. especially the fact that I have been obviously to work tour in twelve years, mm-hmm. twelve years. Like, and it wasn't ever something that I thought I'd go to again. Thirteen. Thirteen. Is that how math? Twenty nineteen. There we go. That's math. Thirteen years. <laughs> <laughs> so I was almost as old uh, as I was. Wow, that makes me feel real great. Um, yeah. So I, I hope. I think that's if anything. 
what I'm going to try to get out of this weekend yeah. is like just validating the fact like it's a space for everybody mm-hmm. and anybody there. And that being said, it. the bands I met could not have been nicer. Good. I yeah. only met dudes because the it, lineup is yeah. very limited. But I ended up meeting um, pleasant surprise that I forgot to mention. Enter Shikari. Oh, They're an yeah. English hardcore band. I will never forget their stage was one of those like turned out like trucks. You know, Excellent. where they, like, open yes. the side of the truck. Yes. And I'll never forget the guy did the old Pete Wentz thing where he, like, climbed up the rafters and hung upside down and screamed. And I thought that was the coolest fucking shit of my life. <laughs> so I got into Enterprise that day. I was introduced <laughs> to them that day. I met them, had a signed poster. I still have the signed poster. Nice. At my mom's house. I'll fucking show you because we're going to my mom's oh, house. Yeah. I'm so excited. Um, and that was great. And I met them, and they were so nice. They could not have been nicer. I also met Four Years Strong. That was a dream come true. They could not have been nicer. Highlight, by far, 2014. I was at the Bowling for Soup merch tent, and I fucking turn, and the lead singer's right there. Oh, my God. And I was like, ha, it's you. I was like, and I think I literally said that out loud, like, oh, my God. Because I just was not expecting it. And he clearly was chilling, and no one clocked him. Like, it was not, wow. like, no one was really paying attention. And even if they were, it's like, it's a guy from Bowling for Soup. No one was talking to him. <laughs> we took a picture together. Aww. He was so sweet. I was like... I love you, and honestly, this is going to sound so dorky, but my dad loves you, and we've been listening to your band together for so long, and I'm buying him a wristband right now, because he also loves Bowling for Soup, and he's like, that's so cool, we took a picture, he was so nice, I like ascended to a higher plane, so it was cool that the actual band's there, Yeah. I never had like a shitty gatekeeping experience, Nice. in yeah. that respect, and yeah. I know some people have, and that sucks, but the bands that I met were always just like stoked to be there stoked to be part of this canon of like pop punk history and stoked to talk to anyone who gave a shit about them right and it was so nice and it felt meaningful even though they were all quick like hey hi photo photo moments you know but it was all like thank you so much here's my autograph thank you for wanting my autograph kind of things and those weren't super tiny microscopic bands those are bands a lot of people would recognize yeah and they were all so fucking nice yeah and that really helped i think that kind of softened the blow of i feel like this space isn't for me that's creeping feeling yeah that i couldn't really figure out what it was until later in life that was that feeling was kind of like numbed kind of tucked under in favor of these really great direct one-on-one experiences with those bands and like with the every now and then the person who did say I love your shirt or I love Bowling for Soup me too oh my god what's your favorite that's my favorite yeah I had a really great conversation with a wasted like 30 year old couple perfect waiting for Bowling for Soup to come out (laughs) and it was so fun so I think that 2014 was a lot more fun but it also wasn't a traditional warped in that respect like I wasn't like in the pit I wasn't like really like running from thing to thing I had like my three things I wanted to see and I took my time um yeah yeah long story long but i also do remember divorce prada fucking (laughs) fucked they were good i was never a big fan of them it's just like that constant constant screaming is hard for me to get into yeah but i stood very far back like not even in the crowd like (laughs) 10 feet from the crowd (laughs) watching the stage while my brother was deep in the pit waiting for him to be done and i was like this is good and this is hard to do like the screaming and the playing like i had so much respect for them and that was a really pleasant surprise and it goes to show like that's not hardcore is not a genre i'm that into mm-hmm. um but i had a little bit of everything i was yeah. able to see like yellow card my wholesome sweet Aww. angels with the fiddle and then also like see devil wears prada right. and be like this is cool and music's music and it's great oh, yeah.
But anyway, I just want to close out with like Bad Girls Club <laughs> by Fallen Reverse. Hate, listen to it, and let me know. Okay. It's wild. I'll clip five whole seconds of it out. Yeah, it's just really five. bad. I'm not gonna give them more airtime than that. No, but just clip out a minute, just like, just a hot Whisper. little dollop. Yeah. And it's bad. I just need everyone to hear his vocal performance. Because I'm borderline just a skosh tone deaf, and even I know that motherfucker oh, no. is bad. It's just so whiny. It's oh whiny talk singing, but not in like a fun way, in a bad way. Uh, but anyway, we're so excited right. for Warped this weekend. <laughs> we're so excited to tell you about it. Check back on the pod. Let us know. Yeah. Hit us up on socials. Let us know where you're at. Yes. Do you have any closing thoughts? My closing thoughts are just, I'm a 28-year-old woman that's going to go voluntarily uh, go to work Tour again. Hell yeah. So my body already hurts. I can already feel the sunburn. <laughs> but I'm very excited to see what the vibe is now and to validate some people. Yes. Yeah. We're going to be like cute little godmothers of like, you're doing great. You're doing great. You're, you're doing, doing great. great. Listen to our podcast. Right. You're doing great. I really hope that there's a bunch of, I hope it's a, I hope my hope is that it's more inclusive. Yeah. Like, and I like to think it will on be. On and off stage. Yeah. I like to think it will be. Um, yes. I mean, well, on stage, yeah. it's the whitest lineup you could possibly do. Like, straight white dudes. But Maybe, I digress. Yeah. I digress. Hopefully to be, yeah. So I, I have high hopes. Um, I'm still very excited. I think it's going to be a fun time. It's going to yeah. be a return to our roots. Maybe we'll <laughs> discover an old favorite. We'll rediscover an old favorite. Or maybe we'll discover someone we never listened to and we're like, fuck, they're really good. Who yeah. Will? There you go. Maybe I'll, Yeah. Pull out some In the meantime, this. Frank Iero, I am local to Mountain View this weekend. <laughs> Let me know. I'll meet you anywhere. I'm single. <laughs> well, with that. With that. <laughs> thank you for listening to A Work to Remember. Bye. Call me Frank. kind of vibe i don't know for sure but she does a chad kruger (laughs) that was what literally i started listening like kai is this about chad from nickelback is chad the devil unless she's still thinking about what's the station some 41 but also like Derek webley yeah we're gonna see him this week and his busted face